Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our evening service, Sunday 15th of December, 2019. This evening we are joined by Pastor Clifford Morrison, who takes his reading from Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4, and brings us a message entitled, What's It All About? As we have listened to the gospel narratives in relation to the birth of the Christ child. There is one verse I want to leave with you as we come to the close of our evening service. That verse is recorded in Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 4 and verse 4. And it reads as follows. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Good journalists will tell you that in seeking out a story, there are three basic questions that the journalists will want to ask. Three questions that could be identified in three words. When, what, and why. When, what, and why. And I want to apply that tonight to the greatest story that has ever been told. I want us to think about the when of Christmas. Paul, writing to these believers, tells them that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. The God of the Bible, the God of creation, is the God who holds all things in the power of his hand. Nothing happens outside his sovereign will and purposes. He's never ahead of time. He's never behind time. He's always on time. And religiously speaking, and politically speaking, and historically speaking, it was the right time. The freest fullness of time means the sending out from a previous state. And there are many people who will go through this Christmas season and engage in many Christian or non-Christian festivities without giving due thought to the child that was born in Bethlehem's manger. We know from the reading of Holy Scripture that the life of Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem's manger. Jesus did not just come into existence when he was a baby. The wee boy was sitting in the back seat of his dad's car on a regular journey with his dad. And in the quietness, he broke the silence with a question. He said, Dad, where was I before I was born? A question that we boys are apt to ask, and we girls as well. 
And his dad thought for a moment. He said, son, you were nowhere. You didn't exist before you were born. Remember the question that Pilate asked the Lord Jesus? He said, where did you come from? And Jesus gave him no answer. And I believe one of the reasons why Jesus gave him no answer was simply that Pilate's mind could not grasp it. You see, the Lord Jesus at Bethlehem's manger continued to be what he always was, God. And at Bethlehem's manger, he became what he was not, man. Jesus is the uncreated one. He is the creator of the universe. He is the one of whom the New Testament writers define as upholding all things by the power of his hands. Those wonderful words that we sing, Lo, within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. Those words uh, couldn't be said about anyone else other than Jesus Christ. Here is the core of our Christian faith. We have in Jesus Christ the only one who is uniquely qualified to fulfill the obligations that needed to be fulfilled in order to qualify him to do what needed to be done. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. And that statement reminds us of our Lord's deity. But not only did God send forth, not only did God send forth his Son, he sent forth his Son born of a woman. And that identifies his humanity. Before the Christmas season is over, we will sing those tremendous words, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. God sent us his son, born of a woman. Emmanuel, God with us. God manifests in the flesh. But all that God is, not only in his divine manifestation, but all that God is in human form. Everything a man is apart from sin. The Bible tells us that he was born under the law. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He was born to a Jewish mother. He was born into a Jewish nation. He was born subject to Jewish law. You know, when we think of the Lord Jesus, we think of one who succeeded where no one else had and did what no one else could do. You see, not only did he fulfill the precepts of the law as our representative, but the Lord Jesus exhausted the penalty of the law as our substitute. The Lord Jesus kept the law in perfect righteousness. Do you remember the incident that is recorded for us in Matthew's Gospel 
where Jesus uh, comes forward to be baptized. And John is amazed and he gives expression to his amazement when he uh, says this. Matthew tells us, Then Jesus uh, came from Bethlehem to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. You see, Jesus fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law. Another translation puts it like this. I came here to do the right thing in every respect of the law. And in the Lord Jesus, we have one who has kept the law in every detail to the utmost perfection. On one occasion, his accusers were out to accuse him at all costs. And Jesus Christ responded and he says, What do you accuse me of? What sin have I done? And of course, the immediate answer to that is this. They had to go away because they could not bring a charge against him because he had done no sin. How unlike you and me. And if God requires and demands total righteousness from me, what hope have I? If God demands total righteousness from you, what hope do you have? What hope do any of us have unless we are in Christ? Here is the Lord Jesus sent forth from God as God's Son, born of a woman, born under the law, keeping the precepts of the law as our representative and bearing the penalty of the law as our substitute. And by his divinity and by his humanity and because of his righteousness, Jesus was uniquely qualified to accomplish God's purposes. And the reason why the Christian man or woman would assert that Jesus is the only Savior is not because that we want to be arrogant or that we want to be bombastic and secure to ourselves a position of unique authority. The reason we assert that Jesus is the only Savior is because the Lord Jesus is the only one who is qualified to be a Savior. You see, if God must save, then that Savior must be God. And if man must bear the punishment because man sinned, then that Savior not only must be God, he must also be man. The man who bears the punishment for sin must himself be free from all sin or else he couldn't bear the punishment for sin. He would have to pay the price for his own sin. He had to be a sinless Savior. And Jesus Christ is the only one 
who meets these qualifications. No one else uh, can meet the qualifications but Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And we've got to uphold this truth. We've got to preach this truth. We've got to live by this truth. You see, in the world of contemporary religion, some people would have us believe that we agree on the big things and only disagree on the little things that don't really matter. And they put the virgin birth into the category of a little thing. What's the big deal? It doesn't really matter whether he was born of a virgin or whether he wasn't born of a virgin. But my dear friends, it does matter. You see, if Jesus Christ was not conceived in the womb of the virgin by the Holy Spirit, then he was conceived in the womb of the virgin by man. And if he was conceived in the womb of the virgin by man, that seed belonged to the, a fallen man. And Jesus Christ could not be a sinless Savior. This Jesus born to a Jewish mother as a member of the Jewish nation, Subject to the Jewish law, says to the Jews that the reason you do not accept me is because you follow the one who is the God of this world. He has blinded your minds. He is your father, the devil. He is the father of lies. And you follow his deceits. And you obey him. And you're misled by him. And you're misguided by him. But I have come to tell you the truth. And only the truth will set you free. And yet you will not listen to me. And I bring this message this evening because a Christmas that misses this is a Christmas that misses everything. This is what Christmas is all about. It's not about tinsel or toys or the turkey. It's not about the commercialism and the secularism and the indulgence of so many people at this time. The truth of Christianity stands or falls on this great truth that Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of the Virgin by the Holy Spirit and he was born at God's appointed time and in God's appointed way. You see, the miracle of the virgin birth is not how Jesus left the womb. He left the womb in very natural and normal circumstances. It wasn't his leaving the womb was the miracle. It was his entering into the womb. And so the angel brought the message unto you is born this day in the city of David as Savior who is Christ the Lord a sinless Savior, a substitutionary Savior, a suitable Savior. And if we fast forward the story, we often make reference to that lovely Easter hymn, There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. Christmas is all about Jesus. He is the message he is the meaning. He is the mystery. And we must not, and we dare not, and we cannot tamper with these things. I often 
recall an interview that took place in Rene Ulster at this time of the year. It was a, a religious discussion. And the interviewer asked the question, does it really matter whether Jesus Christ was born of a virgin in Bethlehem of Judea? And of course the answer is yes, it does really matter. This is one of the great fundamentals of the Christian faith. And if we, we have no need or right to tamper with this glorious message. When? When the fullness of time had come. What? God sent forth his son, born of a woman and born under the law. Why? Why? Well, Paul gives us the answer. He says, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive the adoption of sons. What was God doing? Why was God doing what he did in sending Jesus into the world? Well, two things. In order to provide redemption and in order to adopt those whom he would redeem. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? The story of God's intervention. Paul has spoken already about Christ the Redeemer in his letter here. In chapter 3 and verse 13, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Don't we sing, O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that woman from Jesus a pardon receives. What a redemption. Redemption that wipes the slate clean. A redemption that removes our past record of sin. A redemption that gives us new life in Jesus Christ. A redemption that makes the debt absolutely cleared and freed. A redemption that gives us strength for today and all that we need for tomorrow. And you know, as I thought about this and preparing this message this evening, the words of that lovely hymn came to mind. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. Old Betsy was in great need. She lived in very, very poor conditions. And she owed a lot of people a lot of money. She was in great debt. The local minister discovered her need and shared it with the church. And the church sent him with a, a love offering for old Betsy. He came to where she lived. The door was open. And he called her name. And there was no response. He called her name again. And there was no response. 
And as he went to walk away, some of the neighbors said, Are you looking for Betsy? He said, Yes, but I'm afraid she's not in awe. She's there. She never leaves her house. And one of the reasons why she never left her house was because of the debt that she was in. For she didn't want to meet anybody to whom she owed a debt. And he went back again. And he called her name. And he called her name. And out of the darkness of the room, a face appeared. Oh, she said, it's you. It's you. I thought you were the police looking for me. And that's why I didn't respond. And then he came to tell her why he had come. And he told her that all her debt had been cleared because of the love gift that had been raised by the people in the church. And then she responded by saying this. Oh, she said, I locked the bar against you and was afraid to let you in. I locked the bar against you and was afraid to let you in. And that's the attitude of many tonight, isn't it? To the Lord Jesus. They have locked the bar against him. And they're afraid to let him in. He comes with life. He comes with love. He comes with peace. He comes with joy. Paul says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. I love to tell the story. For those who know it best seem hungry and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in the scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, it will be the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story. It will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Oh, here we have it tonight. The when, when the fullness of time had come. The what, sent by God, born of a woman. The why, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we may receive adoption as sons. Born of the Spirit, with life from above, into God's family divine, justified fully through Calvary's love. Oh, what a standing is mine. Thank God tonight for this lovely story. And may the Lord bless it to all our hearts. We're going to